Every year I know we gonna go hard We been that team ever since Bart Starr All my cheese heads go pack go Ain't show with no mercy cutting no slack no I ain't a bad sport and I'll even wish you good luck Only thing I will Good evening and welcome into Lombardi's Legends Podcast. I am Wags and joining me as always is Dane. And tonight we are going to be previewing the Packers week five matchup. They will be headed to Las Vegas for a primetime matchup on Monday night football. So uh, we're going to get into that matchup here, obviously, but Dane, you are joining me here on Instagram and hopefully get in here into the room. And there you are. So, um, folks, if you have questions, thoughts on the team, throw them into the chats and uh, we'll try to get to them throughout the episode tonight. But first of all, Dane, how are you doing this evening? I'm great, man. Uh, happy. What day is it? Thursday. Happy Thursday. I mean, just a week ago, Packers had a disappointing loss, but we're moving on, man. Monday night football. It, it's, uh, it's still Monday night football. I'm so excited. The Packers are two and two playing a one and three Las Vegas Raiders. And, um, there's a lot to like in the matchup, but it's an NFL team and they, they've got some talented guys there too. So I'm excited to break it down tonight with you and, um, you know, kind of just talk through where we see some strengths and weaknesses, but up front wags, um, I'm just going to get right into it, man. Um, we got a running problem, running the ball on offense and stopping the run on defense. And I think that that's kind of the crux of where we're at. So, um, you know, right, right away, wags, how are you feeling about this team after four weeks? We've seen about a quarter of the season already play Monday night, then we get a bye week, then we're back at it. So, um, you know, overall thoughts over four weeks, then maybe talk injury report and then break down this game. What do you think about that? Yeah, so <clears throat> I think certainly we expected some inconsistencies with this team, uh, particularly early in the season. Certainly after that week one game, you're thinking, all right, maybe we can be even better than we thought sooner than we thought. Um, and, and it's been a little bit bumpy since then. Uh, I think the, the, the main thing, Dane, is I'm not surprised that we have not figured out with this team how to close games or how to start games on a consistent basis. And in week two, everything looked great through three quarters in Atlanta. Couldn't close. Uh, unfortunately, it was a game you felt like got away. Opposites true the following week. Maybe, you know, nothing's going right for three quarters and we we make the comeback and steal one. So maybe that evens out a little bit in the grand scheme of things. Um, and then certainly last week, we were both so disappointed, not so much just with the outcome, but with the overall performance that we really didn't even have much to say. Uh, so no recap podcast, obviously. So folks, uh, apologize uh, and thanks for hanging with us. But we're fans just like the rest of you. And, and to be honest with you, um, this isn't a show that likes to get into, a, a, you know, just a, a griping and a negativity. Um, we'll, we'll keep it real. But, um, I, I think if you take a step back two and two after the first week, four weeks, based on who we played, maybe you'd like to ha have gotten to three and one. I, I think you circled that last week against the Lions. That would have been a great one. Um, but just, just did not play well at all. Um, and so you got to give the lions credit. I think they came out, punched us in the mouth and just about everything that could have gone wrong in that first half went wrong. <laughs> so, um, you know, we could sit here and say, I'll 
give them credit for not laying down in the second half. Fine. Uh, but the, the reality is, and, and I'm not going to say this is a young team problem. Um, we just need to be more consistent. We've had times, <clears throat> even the last few years, uh, with this coaching staff, uh, and, and the Packers where there's been inconsistent play on, on one or both sides of football, special teams. Uh, so multiple phases of the game where we've seen inconsistency and, and that's life in the NFL to a certain extent. Uh, if you're a Lions fan after that last week's game, you could be sitting there saying, well, we, we couldn't play a four quarter game. We should have put the Packers away. We played with our food and let them back into the game. So, uh, there's always, uh, depending on one's perspective, uh, certain things that you can be negative about. But Dane, I, I'm, I'm just going to say that we're getting healthy in some respects and others, there's maybe some concern. So I, I'm optim, uh, cautiously optimistic this week that we've, we've got some guys back and maybe more back to full health. Um, aside from perhaps on the offensive line, which I'm sure we'll get to when we get to the injury report, um, that I, I think could have some impact and really help this team. Um, and, and then certainly with the buy after this week, uh, I think this is coming at a really beneficial time. So, um, w- I'm, I'm, I'm not, you know, down on this team by any means. I, I just wish we would have been able to uh, play a little bit of better football game and uh, this past week against the Lions. And uh, certainly it would have been nice to steal that and, and get to three and one. But there was never really an opportunity in that game to say uh, we, we had any chance to win, regardless of the the little bit of a comeback in the second half. It, it, they never even got it to a one score game. So um, it just is what it is with that one. But how are, how are you feeling uh, overall through the first four weeks, Dan? Yeah, I'm, I'm cautiously optimistic. Um, this is kind of what I expected from this team, I guess. Um, you know, I, I'm disappointed in some of the defense. I'm exceedingly disappointed in the defensive coordinator, but I don't think I'm alone probably as a Packer fan with that. But I'm also encouraged, right? I'm, I'm more of a glass half full person, you know, and just, just, uh, probably by nature as a Packer fan than some Packer fans are, right? And, um, I'll tell you what, I've seen some really good things out of Jordan Love. And that's huge for me because I never went into this season thinking, well, it's this season or nothing, right? This is not a this season or bust thing. This is a let's learn. Let's see what we got. And what we've learned through, I think, the first four weeks, even last week, where I thought Jordan looked more out of sorts in different series. And he's kind of running for his life for for a fair amount of that game, especially in the first half, is, um, you know, he he's got he's got some moxie. I like his the calmness that he brings, and I, I I like his demeanor. I like what Jordan loves bringing to the offense. I mean, I'll tell you what, I don't think Jordan loves really the issue right now with with uh, a couple of these losses, and that's that says a lot, right, about what we have. I think in our quarterback, um, I'm I'm deeply concerned about the running game. Um, that's something that I, I didn't predict going into this year. If anything, I thought that was going to be the strong point of this offense. Now, in some ways, it's odd and pleasantly surprised that Jordan you know, has played as well as he has, but at the other side of it, I mean, man, the run game's been hard to come by and the offensive line has really struggled. And yes, there's been injuries, but man, you know, that every team's got injuries at a certain point and um, we're, we're just not able to really move the ball. It hasn't helped that Aaron Jones has been injured, but AJ Dillon, I think has looked um, not very good. For, for lack of a better term. So I'm, I'm a little frustrated, just the overall run game. And it, it's even more surprising that Jordan's been as successful as he has been 
throwing the ball, right, when when the run game isn't there. So a lot of times he's been in obvious pass situations, Wags, right? We're talking third down, fourth down, and Jordan's had to stand in there and deliver on obvious pass downs, and he's done that more often than not. So he hasn't been perfect, but, man, he's been he's been good. The wide receivers, I'm very excited about. I, uh, across the board, right? Um, I'm really, really pleased. Romeo Dobbs has taken a step, okay? Point blank, Romeo Dobbs is playing really good ball. Um, love what Wicks has done. Love what Torrey's been able to do. Love, um, you know, what, what the, all these guys and Jaden Reed, of course, ups and downs. So, you know, when you look at the offense, there's some good, there's some bad. And then defensively, the jury's out on the defense for me. And, and the reason I say that is I'm so frustrated with, um, the, 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 the lack of focus and maybe just the, the, the lack of personality in this defense. And it's something that I, I suspected and I think we all, suspected and were, were concerned might happen with Joe Barry coming back, um, you know, looking at it going into the preseason and, and in the offseason and in camp, I went, oh, man, they look more aggressive. They look more aggressive. But then we see some of the same vanilla stuff we've seen and kind of this this lack of creativity on the defensive side. And yes, have there been times where we've missed tackles? Absolutely. Have, has there been times where we've lost a little bit of focus on individual players? Absolutely. But overall, the, the, the defensive scheme is, is still drives me up a wall. So that side of it, Wags, really frustrates me. And then the special teams has been exceedingly up and down um, all, all, all year this year. ton of penalties, some good, some bad. So, um, you know, overall, I hate to say it, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of where I thought we were going to be, but actually slightly disappointed in the team's overall performance just because I think that we have the guys there to be better than that. I think we should be three and one right now. Okay, is what I th- what, what it comes down to, and it's not take the Atlanta how the stuff went down. Just based on the four teams we played, based on the talent on this team, I think we should be a three and one football team. But the NFL is what it is. The score is or the the, the standings are who you are, and this is a two and two football team that kind of looks like a two and two football team through four weeks. Yeah, <clears throat> I I would agree with you, and that's why I said I don't think this is a a, a young team problem. I've seen a lot of reporters out there that are saying, well, you should expect some inconsistencies with the young team. And, and I, I don't disagree with that in a vacuum, but honestly, a lot of our young players have been playing really well. And so I, I guess I, I have a hard time just saying, Oh, well, it's, it's a young guys, young team. You're going to be inconsistent, uh, overall when that's the case. It seems like the performance individually has been there for some of these guys. Um, and we're seeing a lot of the same issues that we've seen in past seasons, which t- to me is more of a coaching thing. So we'll see uh, on both sides, all three phases, uh, actually, for that matter. As you said, special teams has not been very good this year as well. <clears throat> so, um, you know, this is a coaching staff that I think going to hopefully with the mini buy this past week and a, an actual buy next week can take a good, long, hard look at its uh, and do some self-scouting and and get some adjustments made for the second half and the stretch run of this season. Cause I, I, I really, Dane, still believe in the talent of this team and really feel like we could be right in the thick of it, uh, at the end of the year to win this, uh, uh North division title, uh, if things break the right way. So there's a lot of football to be played. Bottom line is, uh, it's going to be up to the team to get better every week. Uh, so far, I can't say that that's been the case. Uh, so I hope we start seeing some progression um, and uh, getting uh, some things going as well. Uh, so, all right, well, why don't we get into the preview then this week, um, Monday night against the Raiders. Uh, shall we start with the 
injury report, it hasn't gotten a lot shorter. Uh, but I think overall, <clears throat> overall, uh, I'd say it's fairly good news, Dane. And, uh, since we're recording this here on Thursday night, um, this becomes kind of the de facto Wednesday as far as the injury report, uh, because, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll get an extra day here. Um, but that being said, <clears throat> excuse me, I think the biggest thing that stands out, Dane, uh, two things. Alton Jenkins, um, was a, a limited participant in practice today. Uh, which was a little bit of a surprise to me. I, I, I really thought based on his injury and we'll see uh, certainly no guarantee that he's back this week that he would be out through this week and through the bye and potentially return after that. So, uh, if he's already practicing in a limited capacity, that could be a, a, a good sign, uh, for his availability on Monday night. And then certainly a, a big one on the defensive side of the ball, Jair Alexander. Uh, with the back injury was, uh, back practicing and a limited, uh, par- uh, participant today as well. So I think those are the two, uh, real positives that stand out. And, and certainly Luke Musgrave, um, that was a full participant in practice after suffering the concussion. So, um, those were a, a few that really stood out. And, and certainly Eric Stokes, we'll see if he actually gets activated before Monday night. I suspect he's probably someone that they're going to circle to bring back after the bye as well. Um, just because he's missed so much time, uh, with practice, it would make sense if they'd want to ramp him up a little bit here, but, um, certainly good news to, to see him get back out on the football field as well. Yeah. Huge for Musgrave, right? And, and huge, huge across the board. This might be about as healthy as all of the weapons have been for Jordan Love, um, st- since the seasons began, right? We didn't have Watson. He came back last week, but then Aaron Jones is, you know, barely played. So this is a good opportunity, I think, for us to be about as healthy as we've been from a position group standpoint, uh, a skill position group, quote unquote, in, in a minute. Um, you know, offensive line, you mentioned the, the Elton Jenkins. We can't un- uh, overstate, I think, how important it would be to have Elton Jenkins back uh, on this offensive line. He is a stabilizing force in the guards position. He, he makes that interior of the offensive line extremely, extremely better. The, 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 the downside, of course, is that uh, another one of his uh, brother in arms along that offensive line, John Runyon, uh, John Runyon Jr., he's dealing with a couple injuries right now, did not practice today with a groin or an ankle right? Or, and an ankle, I should say. So he's dealing with a couple pretty real injuries right now. Um, remains to be seen if he's going to be able to go. It's, it's not the end of the world. He's not practicing on a Thursday, uh, but you know, if, if we're getting into, to Friday, Saturday and, and we're seeing it, then we're starting to trend like John Runyon Jr. might not be able to play. He's somebody that's been extremely tough in his first few years and been able to kind of tough out a lot of injuries. So I know for a fact, if he's down, he's hurt, right? There, there's no doubt about it with somebody like a John Running Jr. Then the question becomes wags on that offensive line. Um, you know, is it a Royce Newman or is it a Sean Ryan show here? Because Royce Newman has struggled pretty significantly at that guard spot. So, you know, and we can get into that, but that's a big injury, I think, for the Packers that Let's- might go under the radar. Yeah, let's talk a little bit about that because yeah. I'm not saying this this would happen, but agree with you. Uh, John Runyon Jr. clearly got hurt early in that game, and I'm not making excuses for him. But Zach Tom also, I think, was clearly not a hundred percent, and and both of those guys were really trying to gut it out in, in that game, and um, they they had some struggles. I, I think that was very evident. Uh, so it's not 
that we're going to sit here and say it's it's all injury related, but that certainly I'm sure didn't help. Uh, so, and then as you pointed out, I think Royce Newman had a, a, another tough week um, at the left guard spot, filling in for Elton Jenkins. So, uh, in the scenario that Elton Jenkins is able to come back, this is why it's so significant to me. Is there any possibility, Dane, that you look at this and you say, you know what? <sighs> We don't want to have to be moving Zach Tom around a lot because I, I think he's clearly the best right tackle on this team. That said, if he's still not a hundred percent, uh, based on his versatility, any chance we kick, um, any chance we kick, uh, um, <clears throat> um, Zach Tom into, yeah, into right guard. And if, if, uh, um, excuse me, if, um, um, Runyon? If Runyon's not able to go. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, and then maybe, certainly, you could make the argument either way, whether that's Yash Nyman at right tackle or if he's at left tackle, where I think he's a little bit more comfortable and kick uh, Walker over to right tackle right. Uh, for this week. And, and then you've got Nyman and Jenkins, uh, you know, on the left side. Zach Tom and, and uh, Walker on the right side. I think that's a much stronger offensive line across the board. And it, it is challenging to have these guys move around a lot. But to me, uh, that would really strengthen uh, the interior of the offensive line rather than going another week and gambling on Royce Newman or or a Sean Ryan who's unproven, hasn't gotten out there and played at all uh, to see if you're going to make it through another week uh, with with one of those guys on the interior of the offensive line. So I'm not saying we'll see that, but I would be really curious with an extended time uh, for, for the coaches to, to really dig into that, uh, if that's something that they could prepare to do uh, if uh, John Runyon Jr. is unable to go on Monday night. Yeah, I, I mean, I look at this Raiders defense, Wags, and there's one guy I'm worried about. There's one guy on this entire defense, real talk, and it's Max Crosby uh, 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 that, that's going to rush the passer. He's the guy that that can change a game for the Raiders. I look at everybody else on the man-to-man, like I just don't see guys where I think our matchups are really good. But if we can't defend Crosby and Jordan loves under duress the entire time because of one guy, that's going to be a massive problem. And um, yeah, I, I'm, I'm a big proponent of putting the best five guys out there. And I think Yash Nyman straight up is better than Royce Newman. Um, he, I think he's just, he's better. So how do you make it work? Zach Tom has proven that he can be flexible. I agree. It's not ideal uh, to be moving Zach Tom around because I think that his best position is at right tackle. That being said, um, it's not ideal to have injuries along the offensive line either, right? And at a certain point, we're going to need to have guys out there that can maybe run the ball. I think Yash can be helpful in the run game as well as the pass game. I mean, there's there's more to it than just, you know, um, getting the best five guys out there. But with that comes other opportunities. We've had so much trouble running the ball this year. You're telling me that, um, you know, we, we could either have Royce Newman and Elton Jenkins or we could have Zach Tom and Elton Jenkins at the guards. And still, I think the drop-off is not significant with Yash Nyman out at, at tackle. Like, I believe in that offensive line. So, um, you know, it'll be, it remains to be seen. It'll be interesting to see what this Packers coaching staff does. Um, they seem to be a little wary of doing that for whatever reason. But I'm a little tired of the Royce Newman experiment at this point. I just, he's had opportunity over a number of years. It's not working in Green Bay and I hate to be that blunt about it, but it's, it's my honest opinion. It just, I don't think that we're going to see more out of Royce than we have. This is who he is. 
And, you know, good on him. I think he can play at the NFL level, but I don't need him to be starting 16 games for the Packers this year. I just don't think it's going to be doable. To be fair, he's not a starter. He's filling in, Dane. I mean, and I know you understand that, but he's a backup guard for a reason. So, um, you know, they're just trying to make do with, with what they have to do. Uh, so if there aren't better options, you're kind of in a tight spot. Um, that said, if Elton Jenkins is not able to go this week, um, and you're without both <laughs> him and he's gone. Jr. Now, now we're really in a fix. But in that mm-hmm. situation, I think that's all the more reason for this coaching staff to plan on on Tom moving in and playing one of the guard spots this week. Um, and to me, that makes more sense. And uh, we've seen John Running Jr. play left guard too in his rookie season. So yeah. if there's a, a chance that it's just one of those two guys that's able to go. Um, again, it's, it's not easy to be moving guys around, but I, I want to do anything I can to get this run game going, as you said at the top. And I think a big part of that would be to get Yash Nyman out there on the left side, have Walker kick over to right side. He seemed more comfortable being able to play both sides of the offensive line in the preseason than Yash Nyman has been for whatever reason. Um, so, uh, I, I think let's lean into that versatility uh, and that comfort level with, with Walker. Um, and uh, let's get Yash Nyman out there. Uh, Zach Tom, if he's not 100%, I don't need him trying to be out on an island. If, if Crosby shifts over to his side, um, uh, let's kick him into the interior and uh, he can shore them some things up there. Uh, and, and then hopefully, even if we're still in a patchwork situation, we can make that work and 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 go out there and, and get some better execution up front. Uh, What's it going to take for Sean Ryan to play? <laughs> and, and you know, like, and, and maybe we do see him, Dane. Yeah, yeah, and maybe we do see him, and it's it's Sean Ryan, um, and uh, you know, it's still Zach Tom at, at right guard, and it's Sean Ryan at left guard, and Royce Newman is is kicked back again into a backup to a backup role, um, and uh, hopefully then. Uh, that's, that's something where, uh, we can get through that game and, and he doesn't have to be out there on the field. Um, although I will say, I, I don't think this poses as much of a matchup disadvantage as we had, uh, uh versus Detroit in this Raiders team. Uh, you certainly said it. It's a lot easier to game plan for one guy that can be disruptive and Crosby still might, uh, get some pressures or get some opportunities to get after Jordan Love regardless. But, um, it's, it's a, a whole nother thing when you've got four guys up front that are just manhandling the entire offensive line. There's just not really any way to be able to make adjustments for that. And, and that's what we saw against Detroit. So, uh, we just need to be able to get it to the point where at least if, if you've got one guy and, and you need to have uh, some extra blocking, um, or roll the pocket, there's ways to, to game plan around that. Um, it's, it's a whole nother thing entirely when the whole entire offensive front is a sev and, uh, the defensive line is just getting all over the quarterback. So, um, so it, it does need to be adjusted. And I'm confident that that is something that this coaching staff has shown an ability to do is, is to get offensive line play, um, back to a level that they need to, even if it is somewhat patchwork. I, I mean, heck, um, Stanovich, the year before he became offensive coordinator, the patchwork that they were doing uh, with him as the offensive line coach was just incredible. And I think a big reason why uh, LaFleur had confidence that he was ready to 
be in a coordinator position. So if they need to be a little bit more involved uh, with uh, figuring out how to make that work, I'm sure uh, I actually do have confidence that that's one of the things that this offensive coaching staff should be able to do. Weggs, a couple of their injuries, more on the defensive side of the ball. I think the last two glaring ones from my perspective, Devondre Campbell, I don't think he's going to go Monday night. It sounds like he has an high ankle sprain, said he got it in the start of the Saints game. Don't expect him to go. Hopefully he's back after the bye. Um, and then Rudy Ford, who that, that one surprised me. It sounds like it's an oblique injury. Didn't practice today. Matt LaFleur, who's normally kind of cagey with the, the injury report. Um, you know, at least sounded some tones of potential optimism that he could go even in a limited fashion tomorrow's practice. So hopefully, you know, those oblique injuries, some of those soft tissue injuries can be really, really challenging. So hopefully Rudy's back because he's played really well. I feel like the last couple of games, especially for this Packers defense. So, um, you know, it'd be nice to see him back out there and, and, and getting those full-time snaps at safety. So those are the last yeah. two that really stuck out to me on that injury report. Yeah, certainly. Um, Highest impact uh, on the defense has been Rashawn Gary, especially in his limited snaps. But I think you could make a, a real solid argument that uh, between uh, Quay Walker and Rudy Ford, those have been the most consistent guys on the defense. Yeah. Uh, aside for that first week for Rudy Ford was not his best game. Um, so, you know, listen. Say what you will about the safeties uh, coming into the season. I, I don't think that's been the biggest problem so far no, on this either. Packer defense. Uh, so certainly it would be helpful to see Rudy be able to be healthy and back out there as well. So, all right, Dane, um, on the Raiders side, I, I'm not sure anything significant stands out. Um, cornerback Nate Hobbs was uh, not able to practice today with an ankle. And I know Devontae Adams didn't practice, but I think he's most likely going to play um, with a shoulder injury. He sustained that injury last week, but was able to come back in the game. Um, and by all accounts, uh, he's getting ready and revved up to face his former team this week. So um, I wouldn't put too much stock into Devontae's uh, uh, status as of tonight. I, I think we see him out there on Monday night. Yep, and then uh, Garoppolo for them didn't play, play last week with the concussion, um, making his way through concussion um, protocols now, expect him to play. So I don't think we're going to get the fourth-round rookie from Purdue. I think we're going to get Jimmy Garoppolo, who, um, you know, injury-prone in his career, but when he plays, he can make some throws. So, you know, he's he's definitely more dangerous than uh, the, uh, the, the young man who played uh, last week. So those are the big ones there. And, um, you know, Wags, what do you, what do you think? Do we want to talk Packers D or Packers offense first to start this off? Man, let's just, let's get right into defense first yeah. this week. Uh, and I, I'm kind of curious, uh, you know, where, where do we start? We can, we can, we thought our, shared our overall thoughts on the season so far at the top. Um, but I almost feel like we need to, just more broadly speaking, uh, just touch on what what can we do in order to have a more consistent performance across four quarters, not just maybe from a game planning perspective, Dane, but what are some of the keys you'd like to see uh, this defense do uh, in order to just get that more consistent level of performance uh, starting this week against the Raiders? 
Well, it's funny you ask that. Um, I, I saw Razul Douglas said that the coaching staff gave them homework <laughs> over the kind of this extended, uh, not really a buy, whatever this is, um, to talk about like what's one thing that they think they could do better individually. And I, I kind of like that actually, because I, I wish we could hear what they had to say on that one, because I think it helps visualize, you know, what are, what are we doing wrong, right? Individually. And it's, I think there's some accountability that goes into what's going on there. So I actually really like what, what the coaching staff did there. It sound, it sounds elementary, but you know what? Sometimes with pro athletes, it's actually, I think important. There's some, you know, internal looks there. Um, schematically, like, I would love for them to, you know, seemingly game plan for their opponents a little bit more. I'm tired of the two down linemen front. That doesn't seem to stop the run. Teams are going to continue to run on the Packers as long as you put two down, down linemen on there. I think that's pretty, pretty obvious. So that's, that's the first thing that I see there. Um, I also see lapses in focus, uh, from, from the team. And I see that in missed tackles. Um, I see that in, in kind of overrunning plays. I see that, um, you know, we saw some blown coverages yet again, Wags. I thought um, this last week, some some wide open players that should not be wide open, um, some miscommunication, and I that's where I'm puzzled. I think maybe more than anywhere, where I scratch my head is we're we're X number of years now into the Joe Barry experience, and um, most of the guys playing defense that that I saw miscommunication, it was in the defensive backfield, is with guys that have played for a number of years together, right? And this is an NFL in this league. Um, there, there's more consistency on some of the guys on this defense than in a lot of defenses in this league that are performing better. Um, so I'm not sure what's going on there at this point. Uh, I wish I could just put put my finger on one thing, um, but I I, I, it, I really do think it starts with coaching, and and I hate to say that, but but I mean that. I think it has to do with coaching. I, I don't. I think Joe Barry is legitimately overmatched as a defensive coordinator. And, um, you know, week to week, I just don't have the faith that he's going to put the guys in the right position to make a play because I think we have enough talent on this defense. Well, okay. I, I don't disagree with any of that, Dane, but I guess my question is how does, how does that solve for, for the now? Because, uh, Joe Barry, I don't think is getting fired right Neither. now. I, I mean, maybe he'll get fired in season, but I'm not sure how that necessarily fixes. Uh, the problems of this defense, unfortunately, it, 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 it solves, uh, it, it scratches as an itch. I think the, the fan base all wants them gone. Um, and, and I understand why. Uh, but at the same time, that's, that's something that should have or needs to be addressed in an off season. And you get an actual defensive coordinator in there. I don't see anyone on this staff that I'm looking at and saying, Oh, that guy's ready to step up and lead this defense. So, uh, so more granularly, I think. Yeah. And, and go ahead. You're going to comment on that. Well, I, I mean, if, if, if I'm looking at it, if, if you're, if you're saying put your defensive coordinator cap on, first of all, not a great idea. Sorry, Packers fans. Um, second of all, I, I think it's try to do one thing. Well, right now there's no identity to this defense. So um, I don't know what that one thing well would be for me. Um, I love the DBs that we have. I like the talent at cornerback for this team. So what that, what I would do is I would do everything in my power to stop the run and may, and particularly when we're playing some of the quarterbacks we've been playing over the last couple of weeks, Jared Goff excluded. He's actually had a really nice kind of second act in his career, but I look at that Atlanta Falcon games, a great example of it. And even this week against Garoppolo, stop the run. If you stop the run and make some of these quarterbacks beat you and put our best players, which I think Jair is one of the best at the position in the league when he's on, like 
rely on the talent you have on the back end and take away the run game and make quarterbacks consistently beat you through the air. I think this is that's what this Packers defense is built for. I think that that's where the talent lies. Um, but when we're playing these two down linemen and these you know these weak fronts, um, all we're doing is inviting the run game and and then the play action's happening and and you know we're putting our DBs and our most talented guys on an island. So I think that if if I had to pick one thing, it's do one thing well, and that's you know put an extra guy in the box, do everything you can to stop the run, at least three guys with their hand in the dirt, and and kind of get back, quit being cute. Get back to, um, you know, kind of that like, um, very simplistic football where it's like, okay, we're going to do that. We're going to stop the run. Now you got to pass and do this. That's what I would do. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. And that was actually kind of what I was looking for for my answer, Dane. I'm not to give you grief, but, uh, yeah. And that's what we've been talking about all season. That should be the identity of this defense. As crazy as it is to say, yeah, they're built to stop the pass, but make teams uh have to pass and and I think that plays into the string we've got the guys to also pass rush so we've got a strong secondary and I think we've got good pass rushers up front uh in those situations uh, unfortunately when you're allowing the other team to get 5 6 yards on first and second down they're either getting first downs without having to get into a third down situation or it's third and 1 to third and 3 uh, kind of uh, in terms of a down and distance and that opens up the entire playbook and and that's just a, a tough uh down and distance to try to stop in the National Football League so uh from that perspective it's really about playing better on first and second down, winning those downs uh, to force teams into more third and long situations. And I'm not saying every drive. There's no way you're going to stop every team, every drive, uh, certainly. Um, but 50% of the drives, Dane, could we get into uh, more situations where these teams are in third and long? And uh, that uh, obviously plays into the defense's advantage, particularly uh, this type of defense and the way that it's built. So um, fully agree with you there. Uh, and then as far as this week against the Raiders, they're only averaging three yards a carry so far on the season. So if we can't stop the run this week, I don't know if we ever will. Dane, I do ask you, as much as I was saying, Joe Barry, is that firing him doesn't solve the problem. If they can't rise to the occasion this week and stop the run this week against the Raiders. Is that a situation where the team flies home and Joe Barry's left in the tarmac and we're finally parting ways with him as the defensive coordinator? You know, it's, it's the old, uh, the old adage, you know, one way or another, this darkness has got to give. And, and that's with the Packers uh, inability to stop the run and the Raiders inability to run the ball, right? One, one this week, something's going to have to give. And, um, I, I, I hope for Joe Barry's sake, or frankly, our sake, I hope for our sake that he, he doesn't see this as an open invitation to continue with a two down lineman set. Um, like, why not just take it away? Um, we saw this week, cause I, I hear you, Wags, and yes, perhaps that, that this could be a fireable offense, right? If, jo- if Jacobs just runs all over the Packers defense on Monday night football after we, we know how, how poor they've been at running the ball all year. Um, I don't know what else Joe Barry has to do to lose his job because like th- that can't happen. Right. And, and as bad as we've been, we're in the, we're in the bottom five in, in um, stopping the run in the national football league right now with, with Kenny Clark on this defense with some of these young guys on the, it, it makes no sense. Like it makes me mad to say that there's too much talent and those guys are giving their all. I'm watching them, right. They're putting in the work, but they're put in positions to lose. 
So so this is the week they need to stop the run just just to get something going going into the bye week. All right, beautiful. So let's talk about the pass game for the Raiders and certainly Jimmy Garoppolo. We do expect him to go. Um, I'm actually a little higher on Aiden O'Connell than it sounds like you were um, in his performance last week. Not eye popping numbers, but I think that kid can probably ball a little bit. So I don't think we've heard the last of him uh, moving forward. But uh, if we expect Garoppolo to be out there, he's someone that I think uh, as Packer fans, we're fairly well acquainted with uh, certainly more so from his time with the 49ers. And uh, so, Dane, he's got some some good weapons to work with in the past game. Uh, obviously, it starts with Devontae Adams. But beyond that, um, Jacoby Myers is uh, coming over from uh, New England, and, and he's had a pretty solid start to his career with, with Las Vegas so far. Um, Hunter Renfro had a huge season last year. He's been a little bit quieter so far this year, but certainly is a guy that's proven to be very capable in this league, uh, Austin Hooper, not an amazing tight end, but he is certainly, I would say, above average or capable uh, as a pass receiver. Uh, so um, not maybe not the most dangerous uh, wide receiver core or, pa- or pass catchers uh, it, that we'll be facing, but um, certainly some guys that can get the job done. And, and Garoppolo, I think, is someone that if he gets a rhythm, We've seen he's able to make all the throws, uh, especially in that short and intermediate uh, di- range. And and uh, so with these guys being really precise in the way that they run the routes, uh, they're going to be able to try to force some mismatches based on the personnel groups that they roll out there. So, Dane, um, what, what are your thoughts particularly? Why don't we start with potentially this matchup uh, if Jair matches up? Uh, majority of his time on Devontae Adams. I, I think that's going to be a lot of fun to watch and, and certainly uh, potentially a big battle between those two. I mean, and, and it should it, could it be any other way? They, they have to match up together. Jair's playing. Okay. <laughs> I'm just going to say Jair's playing. Um, he, he's, he's up for this game. I think we're going to see an epic, an epic battle. Yeah. Uh, Devontae Adams got the shoulder. He's playing too. Those guys are going to play. Devontae wants to stick it to the old team. Um, you know, he, he's an absolute competitor and Jair Alexander wants to be able to talk smack until the end of time to Devontae Adams. That's, that's what this comes down to. I think largely, um, it's going to be really fun to watch. I think it's going to be an epic performance. Um, and, uh, you know, Jair said to the reporters, he, he said, listen, um, he wants him. He wants to be on him this game. And I think that that's how it should be. I, I don't, again, let's not get cute. Let's keep it simple. Um, I think we're, we're watching two of the most premier players at their positions in the National Football League going at it head to head. Both are going to be extremely motivated. So, um, I think it's almost as simple as that, Wags. And, and, you know, it, in the NFL, it's never quite that simple, right? The Packers are, are going to give, um, some extra help to, to Jair. Um, they're going to give some cover over the top. You know, I expect a heavy dose of other guys helping out. Darnell Savage, probably over the top. Rudy Ford, if he's able to go. Otherwise, it's going to be Jonathan Owens. Um, but, but, you know, all said and done, I want to see Jair up, up there jamming at the line of scrimmage. I want him to be physical about Devante. Yeah, Devante can take you deep, but he just, his bread and butter, those slants as well, right? So I think it's um, muddying the water um, and, and trying to create as much havoc in the middle of the field for this pa- uh, by the Packers as well uh, as they possibly can. And we might even see Jair in the slot a little bit this week because Devante eats all over the field. So that that's what makes it so interesting. But um, of all weeks that we want to see Jair 
on the guy. And I think we both at times called for him to just take on the number one wide receiver. This is a huge week. And I think it's a real opportunity for both of them to shine. But I want to see Jair step up and do his thing. Uh, It's as simple as that. It really is for me. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, certainly another guy that's facing his former team is uh, Kayshawn Nixon. Uh, Could we see him out there in the box a little bit more this week, Uh, particularly if Devondre Campbell, it looks like he's probably not going to be going this week. Uh, It's going to be interesting to see how the Packers want to match up from a personnel grouping standpoint. Uh, You talked a lot about not just having two down defensive linemen, uh, regardless of how they approach that and I agree with you in terms of trying to make sure that you get a little bit more size up front um, to to deal with the running game Um, at the second level I I think it's an interesting decision McDuffie's been fine but we haven't seen a ton of snaps his snap count started to come down a little bit last week Um, so Kayshawn Nixon could be someone that could be getting in line for more snaps um, and certainly uh, I think could be eligible to be rotating around with some of the different looks that this Packer defense wants to throw out there. I think Darnell Savage also could be someone that they try to bring up closer to the line of scrimmage a little bit more. He seems to be more comfortable lining up close to the line of scrimmage than he does trying to make a break from deeper uh, on uh, in his alignment. Uh, he seems to have some struggles where he'll overrun some plays um, and just not get the best angles because he's trying to press down so quick. I mean, dude's fast, uh, mm-hmm. but uh, he seems to have more of a comfort level when he's playing within five, six, seven yards of the line of scrimmage versus 12 to 15 yards deep um, in terms of uh, the run game support in particular. So uh, those could be some some adjustments that, Dane, we could see oh, yeah, in, addition, yeah. uh, in addition to maybe having a third down defensive lineman in, in more of these personnel groupings. But um, I think the Raiders with, with Josh McDaniels on offense um, I would not be surprised if we continue to see the Raiders and more offenses roll out there with a lot of 12 personnel and make the Packers uh, come out and, and figure out a way how they want to uh, line up against that personnel because uh, we've seen the Packers go light, as you just referenced, uh, against some of those 12 personnel groups, uh, and uh, we just gotten steamrolled in, in the run game. Uh, but you know, yeah, pick your poison. Maybe the teams aren't going to pass as well against us, but you got to, to your point, pick, make a decision about how you can stop something and take something away. You can't be trying to play this middle ground against these teams. They're going to be able to figure out how to exploit uh, something, regardless if you're not committed to trying to take something away. Um, And I'm going to take my chances with our DBs in this game um, and, uh, yeah, maybe they get beat a few times, but overall, I think we, we fare much better if we can be aggressive and, and force the other team, uh, to, to try to go against our strength. No, that's, I, I, that's, that's awesome, Wags. And I, I, you know, I can't believe we're this far into the pod without mentioning Khalil Mack had six sacks against the Raiders last week. Mm-hmm. Six. Six sacks in one week against the Raiders. All the more reason. Stop the run. Let's see what Rashawn Gary can do. 
against this, uh, this, uh, Las Vegas Raiders offensive line, right? I mean, we, we do talk about it, the, the, the necessity to do it, but it, it shows the benefits. If we get them down, I love our pass rush against this, this, uh, this Las Vegas offensive line. I just don't think they have the guys that can compete with our pass rushers and not just Rashawn, but you know, everybody up and down the list. But, um, my goodness, Rashawn's been having a, a lightning season so far. And I just, he's got to be salivating looking at this matchup, but we need to get them into some third and longs, force those throws. Otherwise it's all for naught. but this is a week where, you know, every week we want to get them into some passing downs, but um, you know, I just, we're not playing Pat Mahomes this week. I'll put it that way. So, but we, we, we need to be able to, you know, put ourselves in position to take advantage of the weaknesses of this Raiders offense. Yep. Absolutely. So Dane, why don't we shift then over at the Packers offense against this Raiders defense? So we've talked pretty extensively already about the offensive line, not maybe necessarily in terms of the matchups uh, referenced Crosby being the main guy on the Raiders that you're concerned about up front. But uh, Dane, more holistically, I think uh, when you think about our skill position players that you referenced getting healthier, um, not just healthier with more availability, healthier with more snaps is, I think, the biggest thing that we can look forward to this week. I'm talking specifically about Aaron Jones and Christian Watson. Um, I expect them to get a much healthier dose of snaps this week. Uh, and um, it, it's something that could have a, a big impact on this run game if, if Aaron Jones uh, is not as much on a snap count this week as he was against the Lions. Uh, and certainly missing that Saints game had some impact on the run game as well. But um, I'd be curious, Dane, what your thoughts are um, in terms of how we can unlock Aaron Jones to his full potential early in the game uh, instead of waiting until the second half, seemingly, to try to figure out either coming from behind or, you know, kind of playing with our food like we did with the Bears in the first week um, and get Aaron Jones a rhythm and that potentially can get this offense going and, and getting more consistency right off the bat in this first half. Yeah, I mean, it starts with just getting some touches early in the game. I think the Packers last week came out with just a ton of, I think, what, the first couple series, they didn't run the ball once. They didn't even try to set the tone running the ball at home, which I, I was shocked by. Uh, for You know, I'm just shocked. So um, I think it's there is just getting the ball in his hands. Yeah, they're on the road. Yeah, it's going to be loud. All the more reason. We need to run the ball. I want to take them out. I want to take that crowd out of the game, right? I want to make it quiet. Uh, I want to fear a pin drop and you can do that by, by kind of running the ball earlier, at least showing the, the ability or the, um, the interest in running. But if you're not showing the, even the interest or the inclination to run early in the game, you're just, you're, you're, you're allowing yourself to become one dimensional. You're kind of playing yourself. So I'd like to just start that way. And I, listen, Aaron Jones doesn't need to get six carries on the first series, right? But it'd sure be nice to just see him on, on that first series, get at least a touch get going, maybe a short pass, just find ways to get the ball in his hands and try to make a guy miss. He has the ability. He's, he's the only guy that has proven time and again. Um, and there's other guys that I think have the ability to do this on this offense, but they're, they're youthful, right? Aaron Jones has made a living and a career off of making guys miss. Um, so, so why not early in the game, 
just try to get the flow going. He's a guy that can do it on any touch, right? So get him a touch, get him a couple touches early in that game, and 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 really try to just establish him that way because he's not a one-dimensional player. He can beat you with the ball running between the tackles, outside the tackles, or using his hands. So that's that's kind of what I'm looking at. I know that's a broad answer, but it's also a very honest answer. It's just um, I, I don't care if he's not even getting a ton of yards early on. Of course, it'd be nice. But just, you know, show the threat that, hey, we've got Aaron Jones. You have to be keying in on him because he can beat you. Yeah, absolutely. So I think one of the things that, um, talking about Christian Watson then and transitioning over to him, the yeah. Raiders have shown that they can be susceptible to the deep ball. So uh, this would be a great week to unleash Christian Watson from that uh, perspective. But also, I just think in terms of, his ability to, to get the ball on, on some motions and jet sweeps. Uh, we've, we've certainly seen Jaden Reed, uh, take that responsibility in Christian Watson's absence and frankly, look pretty good with it. So I'm all for a Jaden Reed touches. You know that, Dane, but, um, if we can stretch this Raiders defense both horizontally and vertically, that's what you want to do in this league because, uh, then that can just open up so many things, both in the run and the pass game. Yeah, and Wags, I, I want to ask you about that. Talking about Watson and and, and you know mentioned Jaden, who on this? Do you have the Raiders' uh, depth chart up by any chance? Who on this defense worries you? And like genuinely, and I'm not trying to be a jerk on this, but like against this Packers, like which DB do you think is going to give this Packers fits? Well, you know, I mean, they've got some veteran guys. Marcus Peters has been around for a while. Um, you know, uh, I believe Marcus Epps is, is not a big name, but he's been in this league for a few years. Um, so this is, you know, they've got professionals on that side of the ball. I don't think it's the most talented, uh, group on defense, but they, they haven't looked terrible. I, I'm not sure that the teams that they played are all that dangerous offensively, <laughs> frankly. Um, they, they faced the Broncos and the Steelers in two of the games. And those two teams have just not looked very good, uh, especially on the offensive side of the ball. Um, so uh, that's, that's hard to judge, uh, to a certain extent. Um, you know, the Chargers say what you will, a good offensive team. They held them to 24 points last week. So, uh, I don't think they're going to, you know, have uh, gaping holes uh, on this defense, uh, but can we move the ball on them? Can they, can we create mismatches? Absolutely. I think the speed that we have, if we can unlock and get a fuller complement of snaps from Christian Watson and Aaron Jones and figure out a way to get them involved early in this game, get some first downs, get some rhythm offensively, get that Raiders defense off balance. Uh, that's what's going to give this Packers offense more confident to go out there and put some more points on the scoreboard early in this game. And, and frankly, this, that's how, that's the formula. Uh, say what you will about the giving up the lead against the Falcons. This is a team and coming back against the Saints. I, I just don't think this Packer team is built to be playing from behind, uh, most weeks. And so we've got to figure out a way to, to come out and, and at least be in the game or, or playing with the lead. And I'm not saying 20 points ahead, but uh, really just uh, not not be putting ourselves in a hole and, and trying to figure things out and, and making wild adjustments uh, in the second half to, to try to crawl our way back into things. How do we get A.J. Dillon going? 
Um, I know Aaron Jones. I mean, he can't he can't carry the entire load. I mean, is this a scenario? Would you like to continue to see him get these touches and try to like get out of this funk or whatever this is? I mean, because he just hasn't looked very good to, to start the the first quarter of the year. Is this something where you know we look at Emmanuel Wilson or Pat Taylor or some of the other guys? I mean, what what's your take just kind of overall on the running back room outside of Aaron Jones? Yeah, I mean, that's a great question, Dane. And, uh, I think, uh, running game coordinator Ben Sermons this week, I, he's, what's he going to say? Of course, he's going to, you know, certainly not, he's going to get, not going to be super critical of AJ Dillon, but I think it says it all when, uh, James Robinson gets bought in for a, a workout. Yeah, that was a thousand yard rusher. Um, certainly. So that says more to me than anything that they're actually saying to the press about AJ Dillon's performance. The fact that, Quote, we were quote unquote in on a potential, uh, trade for Jonathan Taylor. Now you can argue about how serious that was all you want. Uh, but there's smoke there. Uh, certainly this front office and I think overall, uh, coaching staff is probably less than pleased. Uh, and for good reason with AJ Dillon's performance so far this season, he just has not looked like the guy that he did, did a couple of years ago is not developing into a power every down runner that I think they expected when they invested in him and, and certainly what we saw early in his career. So um, can he turn it around? I sure hope so. I, I like, I love AJ Dillon, uh, the guy, the player, what he's been, what, what you're hoping that he could turn into. But unfortunately things just are not really trending uh, in a positive direction in terms of his performance out there on the football field. So uh, how to get him going. Um, I think the best way to get A.J. Dillon going, honestly, is to give him fewer touches, uh, give Aaron Jones more touches, get this running game overall going. Uh, there have been no success in the run game, and the best way to get success in the run game is give your best player, and not just best running back, best offensive player, more touches, uh, and that can, can give a little bit of a, a snowball rolling downhill effect get the overall offense uh, and run game going a little bit, wear down the defense a little bit more. And then that's where A.J. Dillon can come in. And that's really where his bread is buttered. Uh, when you've got a defense that's sick of trying to stop AJ or Aaron Jones all game, uh, offense has a rhythm and A.J. Dillon can come in as a little bit more of the closer uh, against a more of a worn down defense. Um, and, and frankly, that's the recipe that he's had success in the past. Uh, so I, I don't see how that changes necessarily uh, until we're able to get more success early in games in the run game overall. Anything else on this Packer? We're, we're nearing 53 minutes here. Is there, yeah. I, other than predictions, we, we love doing our predictions. We love talking about, uh, you know, the Leap Spirits players. Um, you know, so what are you thinking? Before we do that, uh, you you mentioned special teams struggling. Is there anything this week? Uh, another former uh, Raider uh, was uh, Rich Bisaccia, uh Certainly was on the Raiders staff a few years ago. Was the interim head coach. Actually did pretty well there uh, as an interim head coach. Uh, but uh, not the best performance in special teams so far this year. Um, certainly up and down. It's been a nice surprise to see Carlson doing so well and in, in, in his accuracy and in, in extra points and field goals uh, so far this season after all of the concern we had in the preseason, but coverages just have not been good return games. Not very good, especially in the kick return game. I, I think in the punt return, we've had 
a couple of nice returns with Jaden Reed, uh, but even that's disappeared a little bit the last few weeks. Uh, so what can we do, Dane, uh, this week to turn that around? I think it starts with cleaning up, not getting so many darn penalties on special teams. That's just unacceptable to me. But anything else that you're really looking at, uh, maybe get a little bit of a jolt uh, with, with our uh, special team, both in coverages and in return game. I mean, you said it uh, on the, the penalties are just that that's number one, because, um, you know, some of these penalties, the Packers would have had some fairly decent field position, but one holding penalty and you're getting pushed back another 10 yards. And, you know, we, we watched the Packers go from should have been on the 30 and said they're on the 20. And that's a huge change, right? Some of some of these holds, like it's just it, it's too much. We've seen 15 yard penalties. We've seen 10. But like, it's just too much. So that's number one is you just don't need to be going. You don't need to give a, a, an NFL, NFL punter an extra 10 yards, right, or an extra 15 yards. And we've seen that time and time again here this year. So that's number one, just sloppy, uh, which I don't quite understand how that's happening. It seems like they've regressed on that a little bit from, from last year. Um, outside of that, I, I've seen – it looks like we have kind of haven't been able to get off blocks quite the, the same way. Some of our gunners have gotten jammed up a little bit on some of our coverage units. We obviously gave up a, a, a touchdown a couple weeks ago. So I don't know if I have any specifics, Wags, because it, it's not like it's all one phase issue. It, it looks like it's it's kind of across the board issue um, with a, a number of phases on the special team. So um, I don't think there's a magic bullet here. I just, I, I really don't. I just, I hope that um, whatever it is, um, Coach Versace is able to kind of clean it up a little bit. And I know that's broad, but I just, it's, it's hard, right? When the kick return looks uninspired, the punt return's not quite there. The coverage units aren't quite, you know, everything just looks a little bit in slow motion at times. Somebody seems to be, um, out, you know, out of position. And I just, um, it, maybe there's a breakdown with one guy one week break down with somebody else the next snap. So it's it's hard for me to get my arms around exactly what the problem is other than there is a fundamental problem we've seen through the first quarter of the year. Are you telling Kayshawn Nixon to stop returning when yeah. he, he catches it nine yards deep in the end zone? Or are you okay just giving him more bites at the apple until he hits on one? I'm not okay with it. Um, I, I think that w- there's a time and place for everything. And, uh, you know, I, I think that um, – w- after a while, we, we've, it's not unheard of for guys to press. I get K9 wants to take one back. He was so electric last year. I get it. That said, you know, what, what's best for the team playing and play out? If, if, if we're getting it consistently at the 25 yard line, I can live with that. I, I just, every yard matters in this league, especially with a young offense that's kind of having their up and downs and we're not running the ball. If we were talking about a team wags that was a couple of years ago, uh, that that you know had Super Bowl aspirations, we we could we could get out from under that. But I just I don't love the the constantly playing from just a few yards behind, uh, seemingly on a ton of returns. It just it hasn't been fruitful enough. I think the the risk reward's not there for me right now. Um, I'd like to just see him take a couple of them that that kind of fall in his lap and get those returns. And I get the argument for hey, give him more opportunity. I get it. He's electric with the ball in his hands, but. Um, I'm also fine taking at the 25 instead of taking at the 18. I just, you know, I'm good with keeping those extra seven yards. Yeah. And I mean, if you look across the league, um, 
number one kick return uh, team in the league is at, you know, between 34, 35 yards. So even if K9 was leading the league in kickoff returns, uh, on at, pulling it from nine yards deep in the end zone, not that it's, that's happening every time, right. but Dane, uh, I mean, you're, you're really on average just getting to the 25, uh, even if right. you're leading the league in kickoff returns. So, um, so I, I think from that perspective, we need to, it's similar to the AJ Dillon thing. Let's stop pressing and, and maybe less is more in certain circumstances. So, yeah. um, Beautiful. Well, I think it's time. Uh, we've been rambling long enough here. Let's get into our leaps, spirits, X factors and score predictions of the week. Uh, of course, leap spirits, uh, all the brands, uh, leap and lemonade, uh, you know, leap vodka. Uh, check them out. Perfect for tailgating, pregame, postgame celebrations, hopefully crossing our fingers. Here this week so um we're really happy to uh offer leap spirits as our sponsor uh as we get into the x-factor prediction so dane often side of the ball who is your x-factor who are you circling this week uh as the guy that really could uh, have the biggest single impact either positively or negatively as an x-factor this week my x-factors um is going to be christian watson wax coming back off the injury um, last week kind of got his legs under him a little bit this week against a, a de- defensive backs in, in, um, Las Vegas that I just, I think are exploitable. And I just, I, I think an, uh, last week was kind of the trial run for Christian Watson. It's gotta be hard coming back from that soft tissue injury. Um, but you know, another week stronger, I think. And I just, I see real ability for him to help stretch the field for Jordan Love in this offense. And it doesn't mean that Christian Watson's a guy that's getting every catch, right? But, but just him being out there can put enough stress on a defense that it's going to open up opportunities for some of the other guys uh, in the wide opposition and uh, you know, Musgrave at tight end and heck even the running game. Right. So I just, I like it across the board. I really like the matchup. I think this is a big hit week. If you're Christian Watson, I think Jordan love has been itching to get Christian the ball. uh, And and this is a good chance, especially on Monday night football, kind of a, Hey, you know, Welcome to the national stage moment for a lot of these guys. And uh, this is just a good week. Love the matchup. So I think Christian Watson is my Leaf Spirits X Factor on the offensive side this week. Yeah, I, I think that's a really good pick. And in some ways, I'm going to be confirming it by my selection. And based on my reasoning, I'm going to go with uh, Luke Musgrave this week. Um, I think Christian Watson and Aaron Jones are two guys that can really open up a lot of opportunities to take focus away um, from some of these other young players. Jaden Reed and Luke Musgrave have looked awful good in their opportunities, even with the limited number of snaps that Christian Watson and, and Aaron Jones have been out there through four weeks this season. Uh, so if both of those guys are out there, they have gravity. Uh, and so I think that could really open up a lot of things underneath and across the middle for Luke Musgrave. He keeps getting more and more targets before obviously his injury uh, in the Lions game. But I think he's someone that um, you can't, target him enough honestly he just keeps getting open he's open consistently and i think he's going to be open even more consistently this week uh if if watson and and jones can uh, make uh their footprint on this game I, i i fully expect watson to have an impact as well but uh i think from an x factor standpoint uh we could see a coming out party for Luke Musgrave 
this week. Uh, if he's good to go, uh, I really expect some big things. And, um, and that's a great way to get, give Jordan Love some opportunity to improve his uh, completion percentage, get some more first downs, get that offense down the field, more scoring opportunities. Um, I think Luke Musgrave's going to get into the end zone this week. Um, so I, I think he's due for kind of a, uh, a big time performance. He's played really well already so far in his young career, but I think he's going to have uh, his first big-time NFL performance this week on Monday night. Oh, man, I love to hear it, Wags. I really do. Um, who you got on defense? I want to go right back to you. You're hot tonight. I can feel the heat. Who, who you got on D? Uh, I'm going to go with uh, former Raider Kayshawn Nixon. I think he can uh, get an interception this week, uh, just uh, get his hands on the football, make an impact, flip the field for the Packers, and perhaps that gives uh, the this defense a, a little bit of juice and it's offense uh, another extra scoring opportunity, flip the script a little bit, uh, give the Packers an edge. Uh, so uh, I, I, I like K-9 one way or another. Um, I know that obviously he gets more uh, attention for his kick return prowess, but uh, this week I, I think he's going to make an impact on the game on the defense side of the ball and, and come up with a big play there. Weggs, my Leap Spirits defensive player, I'm going to kind of break the rule. I'm going with a star, but how couldn't it not be Jair Alexander if he's matching up against Devontae Adams, right? It, we we have the same idea, right? The, it's going to be DBs, I think, against this Raiders offense. But Jair, one-on-one against uh, Devontae Adams. If Jair can keep Devontae under 100, I love our chances, right? Devontae is I, – I don't know how, by the way. Devontae Adams is playing as good now as he's ever played. Um, he's a freak. Doesn't matter who the quarterback is. Doesn't matter the offense. None of it matters. Devontae Adams can just absolutely ball against anybody. Um, but I really, uh, Jair Alexander, when he's focused and he's up, uh, I, nobody can beat Jair. And, and, and I say that, uh, knowing who we're facing this week. So it's going to be a clash of uh, true titans this week. Devontae Adams, Jair Alexander, no more practice. This one's for real. So for all those reasons, Jair Alexander's got to be my Leafs here's X Factor this week. Yeah, I, I think, you know, that's another great pick. You got two stars uh, as X Factors this week, Dane, but I can't fault you for it. I, yeah, I think I the reasoning is there. So um beautiful. All right. Well, let's get into score predictions. Do you want to lead things off or sure. otherwise I've got I've got it right in my back pocket. I, I, I mean I'll go for it and I want to hear who you got then. But uh we and mind you folks, we never uh Talk ahead of time about who we're predicting, how what score anything. I'm going 24-23 Packers, and um, I got the Packers, um, you know, winning that game. Now, mind you, Anders Carlson's brother plays for the Raiders, and um, I think his brother gets more field goals in the game, but I think Anders Carlson gets the win. So I've got the Packers winning 24-23. It's going to be an absolute nail biter. I'm not sure how it all shakes out, how they get there exactly, but it's going to be one of those games where it's late on Monday night. I'm looking at my watch going, oh my gosh, I got to work in six hours. I'm sweating. It doesn't matter because the Packers are, you know, keep keeping us upright. So I got the Packers 24. I got the Raiders 23. The Packers go to three and two going into the bye week. What do you got, Wag? Dane, I mean, I'll tell you what, after last week, uh, I would take that, uh, outcome no matter how it has to happen. Uh, if it's, if we're playing a good game, we're in the game and we can win it at the end. That's all I really care about. Um, and, and this Raiders team, I don't think is very good, but they're not a pushover. I mean, they've got, they've got some talented guys out there. They've got some professionals that can go out there and play. That said, I think this Packer team, as long as our offensive line isn't deb- 
debilitated by injury, and I'm talking Jenkins doesn't play, I'm talking John Runyon Jr. doesn't play, as long as, you know, we got guys out there, um, at least one of those two can get out there and play. Um, I think that this is a Packer offense that has something to prove. Um, as weird as it is to say, and as much as it really didn't matter uh, in the second half last week, I think there was something that they found. I, I, I don't know exactly what that was, uh, but I think that is something that Packers coaching staff uh, has been able to probably have some extra time to, to work on with these guys. I think Aaron Jones getting out there more, Christian Watson going out there more, it can have a big impact on this game. And I, frankly, I think this defense uh, has a little bit of a da- bad taste in their mouth uh, after last week. And I think they're going to want to come out and have something to prove as well. So I think this could be a pretty solid performance for the Packers. Uh, and and uh, I don't know why I'm so confident, but I'm going to Packers 31 and the Raiders 20. Um, and they take care of business in Las Vegas on primetime on Monday night football. And everybody says, okay, we were down on the Packers after their last primetime performance at home against the Lions just got smashed. But maybe this is just a young team that does have the talent and they're responding well and they can go out there and put together a really nice performance. So uh, I think the Packers can put up a really resounding win uh, and go out there and take care of business in a big way. Yes, Wags. I love, I, first of all, I, I like my selection. I like yours a lot more, uh, because I, that one, we're not quite biting as many nails down to the cuticle, right? So I love that. Um, got it totally off topic. Um, over or under one and a half sacks for, uh, Rashawn Gary this week. What's your just off the cuff prediction? Oh, dude, I'm going to have to take the over on that. I think he can get a couple of sacks this week. Why not? I, I mean, uh, you know, uh, yeah, let's get after it, man. I, I think that's uh, talking about more snaps for Christian Watson and uh, Aaron Jones this week. I, I think Rashawn Gary could be in line for by far the the biggest number of snaps that he's had all season this week after getting a little bit of an extended break there. So um, it's been ramping up every week. But uh, yeah, Rashawn. Um, well, as long as we can actually stop the run, Dan, uh, Rashawn, I, I have full confidence that he can maximize his pass rush opportunities. Man, this is fun. It's so good. Uh, Packers football. We're going into week five, folks, Monday night. Thank you so much, uh, as always, for listening to us. We're here all season long. Um, so it's a big game, Wags. And then we're going into the bye week already. So um, anything else you want to add before we wrap this thing up tonight? No, man. Um, I think the only other thing is just be on the lookout on our social media. We're, we're doing some nice giveaways. Um, got some Lombardi's Legends koozies as well as some Leap Spirits pint glasses. So we're going to be doing those as in-game promotional giveaways again this week. Dane's holding up the, ga- the glass if you're on our live stream. So uh, go ahead and stay tuned for that. If you're not following us already, check us out on the socials. Uh, but uh, I think that does it, though, for tonight. So as always, be legendary and go Paco. Go, go, go. Every year I know we're going to go hard. We've been that team ever since Bart Starr. All my cheese heads go, pack, go. Ain't show with no mercy, cutting no slack, no. I ain't a bad sport, and I'll leave it with your good luck. Only thing I will say.